Okay, ladies and gentlemen, Suffolk County agreeing to pay out about a million and a half dollars to a former Suffolk uh, County police detective whose conviction of leaking information uh, to a Newsday reporter was overturned uh, last year. Talking about John Oliva, 20-year, 20-year veteran on the uh, police department, of the police department, uh, was forced to resign. A lot of pressure. Uh, we get into it from the disgraced uh, ex-Suffolk County DA, that being Tom Spoda's top aide, Chris McPartland. And uh, John is nice enough to give us a couple of minutes here on a Tuesday. Uh, John Oliva, welcome. Good to have you on the show. Hey, Jay. Thanks for having me. appreciate it. And by the way, John is a sidebar. Uh, I've known him a long time, he being an assistant baseball coach on my kids' little league team. I, throw, I thought I'd throw that in for you. Um, I appreciate but, it. I mean, it, se- it seems like uh, ages, an eternity ago, but that's a whole other story. Um, John... Eight years, eight years in the making here. You know, we had on your attorney representing you yesterday, Bruce Barquette, uh, and you said the county uh, did the right thing and, and everything else. Uh, and he said basically the guy was vilified, and I think that kind of says it all. You agree with that, huh? Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. Talk to us. Talk to me a little bit about these experiences that you have encountered over eight, eight years. I know you've been through a lot. Just give us an idea as far as, you know, the, the finish line, the end game, and everything else that occurred and what you went through. Just give the folks an idea. Go ahead. You know, Jay, the whole thing never made sense. It, uh, it was in 2012, me and my partner, Willie Maldonado, at the time, we were on the FBI task force, the Violent Crimes Task Force, and basically our function was the MS-13 street gang. Uh, but like a year or two before that, there was a huge spike with these guys. You know, they had committed, by that time it was like over two dozen murders, you know, another three dozen shootings, you know, reckless endangerment and stuff like that. So we were asked by the uh, powers that be at the time, you know, the, the regime that was in for the Suffolk County Police Department, if we would go over there. I had worked in criminal intel years prior, and I, you know, I did MS-13 work, and as a cop in the 3rd Policing in Brentwood, I did a lot of MS-13 work. So me and Willie wound up going to the FBI task force. It took a couple of months for us to get our feet wet, basically develop a couple of sources. And then little by little, we solved, once we solved the first homicide, they just started to fall into place. It was one after another. At the time that we were pulled out about, it was in, it was in 2012 when we were yanked from the, uh, the task force. We had solved over a dozen murders, you know, dozens of shootings. Uh, we had recovered dozens of weapons, thousands of rounds of ammunition. And that's when uh, Jimmy Burke at the time stated that this is, this is better done at the precinct level. We're going to put the guys back in the precincts. They're going to fight the gangs from the precinct. So I was put in the fifth squad where I had absolutely nothing to do with gang work. Willie was placed in the sixth squad where he had absolutely nothing to do with gang work also. So, I mean, it's, it's basically you solve two dozen murders. You know, you're keeping the streets a lot safer. I remember we would go into the third precinct at the time, and the guys would go, man, our overtimes really starting to shrink because, you know, we had taken, you know, the heads of each clique basically one by one. We were just taking them and arresting them on the, on the federal statutes. You know, we heard that the uh, the new powers that be at this time, it's Jimmy Burke who's running the police department as chief of department, that he was pissed off, that the cases were going federal. Through the rumor mill guys that I were, I was friendly with guys in the district attorney's office, they said that I was considered to be disloyal because I was doing this work for the feds. Meanwhile, I was doing this work for, for the feds, but I was still a Suffolk County detective solving the county crimes. Yeah. It's like, it still doesn't make sense. It's never going to make sense to me. You know, he did what he did. Obviously, it was a huge mistake because a couple of years later, the, you know, the shootings and the murders started again. 
So no question. John will leave it with us. John, isn't it all about keeping the public safe? I mean, they really, that that had to be the top of the mindset. You know, regardless you, you of so. what Burke thought, no? Well, you, you would absolutely think so. And it's, it's, it's the public and also every time we would take a confession from one of these guys that committed a murder, you know, on numerous occasions, they're saying, you know, if the cops would have pulled us over at a certain time, because they'd do a shooting, then you'd have four guys in a car and two or three of them would have handguns. And they would tell, you know, it's all in the confessions. It's all there. They could look it up. The guys would say, listen, if a cop would have pulled us over, we would have, we would have shot it out with them. So you, you talk about from an officer safety perspective also, you know, at the end of the day, they really didn't care. They didn't care about officer safety. They didn't care about public safety. It was all about their, uh, I guess, what they used to call the administration. And that was that three-headed monster, you know, of yes, it was. Spoda McFartland. I mean, that was uh, what it was all about. John Oliva was with us. What, what about prior to 2012, John? How bad? I mean, forces are formed based on the elevation of what is taking place, thus where you were placed as far as that level. How bad was the scene in general, gang activity? I mean, we all know MS-13 reared its ugly head. We're doing this thing nine years. We've been reporting on it since. But in essence, how bad was it even prior to 2012, thus you being put on that force? It was, it was bad. I, I think we got placed on the FBI task force. It was 2009 or like the beginning of 2010. And that's because a couple dozen murders had already occurred. So this was, and it, and it cycles in and out. You make a series of arrests and then you get a lull and then it takes a couple of years and then, you know, it spikes up again as you get new guys. That open border obviously doesn't help either. Um, you know, they come up here and, and it starts all over again. So, I mean, we got there in 09, 10 and there were already a couple dozen murders in. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously you had to be surprised and everything else. Uh, the, the, here you have a, a department chief who's really, whose who's goal should be, again, to keep people safe and to make sure crimes are solved properly. Who cares? You know, if, if, I mean, the thinking should be. Who cares who helps? And listen, we need a conglomeration of effort here. You didn't get that from the top, no? No, absolutely not. The, like, the old guys, yes, but once the... Uh... I guess Jimmy took over in January 2012. That's when he was uh, made chief of department. And at that point, we would hear rumblings, even from uh, some of the homicide guys within the police department, because we were solving, you know, some of the homicide cases. And they would say, hey, they're not happy over there with you guys. And I'm like, I don't get it. I said, I figured when this guy came in in 12, I said, at some point, he's going to call me and my partner, Willie, upstairs and to brief us on, hey, what are you guys exactly working on? What do you have on this click, that click? And it, it just never happened. They, like I said, it, they never cared. Any signs of Burke, the way he conducted himself to be somewhat nefarious in nature? Was it a head scratcher, or was this kind of the first sign where you said, "Wait a minute, this ain't right. Something's wrong here." It's, I never dealt with him specifically before this time period. Uh, when I was in Intel, he was running the DA's office for Tom Spoda, and I know at, during that point we got put under the umbrella of the district attorney's office. So. I might have seen him in our office once or twice. I basically had really nothing to do with the guy. So yeah. this, this was a complete head scratcher when it all went down. Did you get a sense of the somewhat union that was formed of the so-called administration? Was there any signs that, again, activities were going on, but maybe not in the most ways of being somewhat normal? When we got pulled off the uh, the task force, me and my partner, Willie, and that was September 
right right around Labor Day of 2014 is when uh, the teleprite came out, and basically we were transferred, guys from the DEA task force were transferred back to precincts or other commands. And I remember uh, within the week, me and Willie went down to the SDA office, which is the Detectives Association, that, which would have been our union. And the president at the time was uh, Billy Plant. So me and Willie, you know, we go in, and uh, Rusty McCormick, who at the time was also our sergeant-at-arms in the uh, Detectives Association Union, you know, they sat down with us, and we told him, I said, you know, we don't get it, Billy. I said, you know, he basically just dissolved some of the best task force that we have. At this point, you got a heroin epidemic, so he's killing the, you know, the drug enforcement task force with the feds. I said, MS-13 is killing people by the dozens, you know, there's shootings everywhere. You know, it's, it's an officer safety issue. And he goes, well, John, the police department can do whatever they want and stuff like that. But at the time, to, to tell you the truth, me and Willie were both a little naive. We didn't know how tight, like, Billy Plant, the president of uh, the detectives union, was with Jimmy Burke at that time period. So, you know, and next thing I know, you know, after the fact is I hear that, you know, it was basically we went in there. We, I guess we griped. We complained about being pulled off, you know, because we, we were doing, it's a, honestly, it was a fantastic job. And they leaked it all up to Jimmy Burke, like, hey, these two guys came in here bitching about you. And, you know, and then that just led to, you know, more and more animosity. So, uh, but, Everything. you know, it, and of course, it was the, it, it was the and of course, John, it was right on the heels of the Loeb stuff, right? In December, I think it was December yeah. 2012, if I have the date right, you know, regarding, you know, the Burke incident uh, with the Christopher Loeb handcuffed, the duffel bag, the whole thing, the beating of Loeb and whatnot. That was right on the heels. Pretty much. I mean, that all correlated within the time aspect, right? You go back to that incident, which was, what, December 2012, correct? Um, figure we got pulled out in 12. So, yes, it was basically at the end of 12 is when that the low thing happened. So, you know, you had all that as far as the heels. And, and certainly, you know, there had to be some sort of a stench going on the way Burke had this had pretty much went about his business you know there i mean there had to be a lot of head scratching going on here because listen leadership plays a massive role in so many aspects of life and listen when it comes to fighting crime and whatnot you need leadership to be at its best i mean certainly there had to be some aspect where you were thinking wait a minute what the heck is this guy doing here I mean, he's disbanding. He's just, you know, this whole thing with Loeb, December 2012. You know, I mean, kind of a hand-picked guy somewhat. You know, didn't go through the regular protocol as far as what a department chief uh, should ascertain. You know, we know how the county exec kind of went about his business and whatnot. His affiliation with the DA, current DA back at the time, and Spoda. I mean, there had to be a load of questions going on here. You know what is Jay? He led by fear. If uh, I guess if you didn't fall in line with his beliefs, or you know, God forbid, you objected to something that he wanted done and stuff like that. Next thing you know, you know, you're out of a command. You know, they may knock your grade down. Um, they'll transfer you, and that's what it basically was. It, it was just a fear factor with these guys, and that's the way. There was no way to turn. You know, you got your chief of department. You know, uh, there was. You know, our commissioner was basically an empty suit at that point in time. He was named commissioner, but basically they told him Burke's running the department. So you got Burke running the department. What, you, what are you going to go turn over to to the DA's office and ask him for help? You know, Tom Spoda was basically his, uh, what do you want to call him, his godfather. That basically at the time, nothing was going to get done there. The unions had pretty much turned the back on certain members, you know, when it came to the Jimmy Burke stuff. So there really was nowhere to turn. You know, they 
they ruled the roost. And that's what it was, as certainly cited in that Spoda trial, John, you know, with the, the uh, detective in Hickey, James Hickey, I believe his name was, who certainly cited several incidents of that type of fear that was present, the threats, uh, you know, family, uh, making sure things are in place regarding a job in general. You know, there was there had to be a lot of that going on there. I mean, we saw it in the testimony a couple of years ago in the trial that Spoda had in 2019. I, I went to a lot of the trial. I was in them, just, I'd say, three-quarters of the time and stuff. And uh, the amount of stuff that I learned during the trial, that other things that had gone on, was, uh, you know, I thought I knew some stuff. It was it was overwhelming. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it just had to be. It really had to be. Talking with John Oliva, 20-year police Department veteran in Suffolk County was forced to resign, ladies and gentlemen, after uh, immense pressure uh, from then-DA Tom Spoda, his top aide, Chris McPartland. Uh, And, of course, you know, you throw in, uh, as part of that three-headed monster, the former chief of the department in James Burke. I mean, in in essence, uh, you got Spoda McPartland serving sentences uh, after the the convictions, orchestrating the cover-up with Burke. Uh, We talked about the... uh, handcuffed suspect in Christopher Lowe and the beating of him and in essence uh, here you go with the county executive who brokered this settlement. Was there ever a thought process, John as far as this settlement before actual litigation began? I mean, there are a lot of people that fear that feel that, you know, you could have really cleaned up here. Was there ever that thought process? I know you kind of went through this eight years or was it just, you know what, click, quick cleanup, you got a good attorney representing, let's take it, let's get out of here, I've had enough. Uh, was that the overall feeling or no? That was basically it. I mean, it's, it's eight years running. You know, it's a constant thing. You know, you're talking to your attorneys, you're being interviewed. It gets to the point where you're just, uh, you know, you're just done with it. You just want to, comp- I have pretty much put this behind me. You know, I went about my business. But just to be completely done with it, that, that's the, uh, to me, that was the end game at this point. What about the overall feeling right now? I mean, how do you think, you know, listen, taxpayers on the hook here as far as the county paying the price, talking about government corruption. We've seen this a lot. Persistent uh, mismanagement as far as how the county had conducted themselves. Uh, and then, you know, you get a police union who stood behind a guy like Jimmy Burke. And how do you feel about that? You know, kind of the abandonment of John Oliva here left out in the cold uh, from a union member as you were. Does that come into the mindset at all? I'll tell you, you, you mentioned the unions and stuff like that. Like I said, at the time, uh, just my, my, you know, the Detectives Association, you know, Billy Plant was my president. He obviously was aligned with Jimmy Burke. He didn't care about Willie Maldonado or John Oliva or anybody else. Because, you know, we went in there, his main concern, he goes, just make sure no negative stories. This is what he told us. Make sure no negative stories come out about Jimmy Burke. You know, and it's funny, he's, he's since retired, and uh, you got new guys in there now. you got Danny Fitzpatrick, who's the president. The guys, he's, he's, an, he's excellent. The guy's a total gentleman. Uh, George Michaels is the first vice president. Same thing, real good guys now, running that leadership, and that's the way it should be. They're not getting involved in the politics. They're doing the right thing for the members. And then at the time, the PBA president also, Noel DiGeronimo, I was actually thrown out of the PBA. 
Um, I got a letter. You know, this is after I uh, I had pled. I got a letter. And basically, they wanted me to go in there, and they wanted to be able to question me and stuff like that. So I called my attorney at that point, and he goes, John, it's going to be a kangaroo court thing. I said, they're just going to, you know, they're just going to bash this, the hell out of you. So I, I never went to that. You know, within a week, I got another certified letter stating that I'd been thrown out of the PBA. I don't know how many guys in the history of the Suffolk County Police Department have been thrown out of the, the PBA, but uh, I guarantee you it's not many. If anything, it's one handful. And I can guarantee you that to this day, Jimmy Burke is probably still a member of the PBA. Now, he's a guy who's now a convicted felon, you know, basically beat up a prisoner that was, you know, handcuffed. And I guarantee you, because him and Noel at the time, and they probably still are, they were buddies. And that's what it came down to. So I've been thrown out of the PBA. My charges have been, just you know, dismissed. Basically, the county's given me a million and a half dollars. You know, and I know I'm never going to get a call from Noel or the PBA. And it's, it's, it's him as the president. The membership has nothing to do with this guy. He's just running the show. And, that, and that's, that's the shame of this whole thing. you got a guy at the top like that who aligned himself with, I, I used, we call it good over evil, aligned himself with the evil aspect. And to this day, you know, he's still towing that line. John, reading your story, uh, it's, I mean, it makes a lot of sense how you kind of conducted yourself here to the end. Because, you know, part of this unit, you're fighting these these gangs, you know, I'm sure you got a ton of threats along the way uh, from MS-13 threatening to kill you. Uh, you know, you had been offered an opportunity to move to a different law enforcement job. You refused. You stood your ground and everything else. And I am sure that had to help you immensely down the stretch, really sticking to your thought process here, your beliefs and everything else, the threats made elsewhere, Burke, PBA, and everything else, I'm sure it had to help you as far as where you were and where you ended up. You know, at some point, once uh, once I pled and stuff like that, I you know, I got a call from uh, federal prosecutors, and I basically knew what they were trying to accomplish. I helped them in any way I could. So I knew, I knew there was going to be an end game to this, and uh, unfortunately it took a long time. I knew it was going to take a while. I didn't think it would take this long. So, you know, I saw that uh, that light at the end of the tunnel. So I just, you know, I just hung in there. I did the best that I could with them. And, and you know, you basically try to put this past you and you just move on. Thought, and that is with Gilgo, you know, you go back 2010, 2011. Uh, and, you know, let's face it, some of the players involved with you were involved then. And you've yep. got a hardworking DA now in Ray Tanner. You've got a new police commissioner, Ronnie Harrison. You've got a, a sheriff, that of Errol Toulon Jr. They're all working kind of together, together, folks. And hopefully you're going to solve this crime. Does the thought process ever wander back to those days? John Oliva of 2010, Burke, you know, involved as far as what he's what he was doing, all kinds of in the rumor mill and whatnot. Do you ever think back as far as the activities that could have been present from some of the players involved with you? You know, I've heard the rumors, you know, there's a book out also. I, I haven't read the book. I, I really, at this point, this point, I don't have an interest. I lived most of it. And the one thing I can never figure out is, you know, you've got this Gilgo Beach murder thing going on. You know, there's so many bodies over there. How won't you take help from anybody that's willing to help you? You know, whether it's, you know, the DNA factor or and anything else that they have that maybe they can they do make, admit they do some things better than us. So why not take the help? It doesn't it, that'll never make sense to me. You know why you shut a an agency like that out? Right. But their toolbox is fantastic. It just never makes sense. And that's the thing that really bothers me because it's almost the same trend 
as far as what happened to you, why wouldn't you want to take the help from other agencies involved in order to solve a case? A, closure to the families involved. B, making sure the communities are safe. Those two threads have to be in play. We didn't see it then, and we didn't see it in your case. No, they, like I always said, they didn't care about safety. You know, they tried to, you know, ram that office of safety issue on me. That's, you know, one of the things that they used to get up on my phone. Meanwhile, it was them, these guys. You're taking guys out of a task force that are arresting the most violent group of individuals that we have out here in Suffolk County and Nassau County also, because they would cross the lines back and forth, you know, and they never cared about officer safety. You got confessions where they're stating, hey, we would have shot a cop. It didn't matter. And then you talk about the public safety when it comes to even the DEA task force, just, you know, you you got a huge heroin epidemic. Now it's fentanyl and everything, and they didn't care. They didn't care that kids were overdosing. You know, maybe they'd come out and they'd do a press conference and they would sound like, you know, they they gave a shit, but that's the end game, Jay, they really didn't. They just didn't. And then you got the go-go beach stuff, and it's like, you know, I'm, I'm sure we, our homicide unit is always top-notch. I worked with a lot of those guys on a lot of cases over the years, some of the MS-13 stuff, because those guys handled the initial scene, and then I would go up to them, pick their brain, and we asked numerous times, me and my partner, Willie, asked numerous times, hey, can we have this detective help us out on this case and just work with, work with us for the next week or two? And we were always denied. Always denied. And it just didn't make sense. Like, they didn't care if the case got solved or not. They didn't care if the murderer was still out there. Like I said, it it doesn't make sense. They have their reasons. You know, you'd have to pick their brain, maybe fly down to Texas and ask, you know, what's his name, Uh, McPartland, you know, what the hell they were thinking, and ask Foda, you know, and and Jimmy and stuff. But, you know, they did what they did, and it was was wrong. It was just wrong in every way, shape, and form. Mm. Are you confident that this uh, new trio of enforcement uh, will uh, solve this case, uh, John Oliva? you think we will ever find finality regarding Gilgo? Uh, I think they will. You know, um, even the, uh, you know, the prior commissioner, after uh, Burke and everything went down, you know, they, they got the feds involved right away. And, uh, and that's the way to go about it. The regime that's in now believes in that also. And that's the way to go about it. Anybody that's willing to help, anybody that has, like I said, if somebody does something better than you, you, you can admit it and say, hey, listen, they're better at that. Why don't you guys jump in and help us in this aspect? Why wouldn't you do that? Uh, John, final question. You know, you've been a, a solid guy 20 years. Uh, you got a lot of knowledge. You're a young man. Still, uh, what's next for you? Do you get back in the a- field somehow? Where, where does John Oliva go from here? I'm done. I'm a rat man. That's it. Kick out. Every day's every day's a Saturday now, Jay. That's what I tell people. You know, it's, right. uh, I got a real bad taste when it all went down. I'm a lot better with it now, but it's uh, you know, to get involved in that whole the whole gang thing. And I know I could help. I definitely could help. But yeah, just uh, I'm pretty happy with, with the way things have worked out. So I'll leave it at that. <laughs>